Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> podcast Network Asia. This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia. For more information on the shows and the network, visit podcastnetwork.asia and Podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up for free at podmetrics.co and use my referral code RJ Ledesma. I espouse right the, to hire the right team, hire teams that are better than you um, all the time, and listen to them. Um, make them accountable. My management style, I always tell the guys, right, that whoever's closest to the system makes that decision. That model will work for most startups or companies or even big companies because a startup is all about speed and validation and pivoting. It's that culture, right, of accountability and freedom as well that you'd like to build. And hello, good evening. Welcome to the RJ Ledesma podcast. I hope that you're all having a great Tuesday evening. And again, advanced Merry Christmas to all of you. In the RJ Ledesma podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs and learn more about what they think about business and how they think about business. What are their success secrets? Can we hack those same success secrets as well? How they have innovated their businesses during this pandemic And what opportunities do they see emerging here in the new normal? Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please let me know. Drop me a message. And right now, we are also live on Kumu, CBRC TV, and Global Pinas TV. This week, I'm, I'm looking forward to interviewing a really great entrepreneur, Uh, who's got a lot of insight about the industry of the startup industry, the telecom industry. And I had the chance to interview him in the recently successfully concluded Philippine Startup Week. For this week's live stream on the RJ Ledesma podcast, we will be sitting down with 917 Ventures Managing Director Vince Yamat. Now, 917 Ventures is the largest corporate incubator here in the country, and it leverages on the rich asset base of Globe Telecom, Its mission is to improve the lives of over 110 million Filipinos by building, operating, and scaling startups that tackle the biggest pain points, especially in a developing country like our own. So right now, 917 Ventures focuses on four verticals, which include uh, fintech, e-commerce, health tech, and ad tech. So if any startups out there have any ideas within these four verticals, please do let our friends from 917 Ventures know. Their portfolio includes GCash, PureGo, Consulta MD, HealthNow, AdSpark, Rush, Freebie, MNL, and Zeal. So if out there you've got a startup idea that can help solve a problem in everyday life, please let the people here in a 917 Ventures know more about it. Find out about Velocity, uh, their venture builder program starting this January 2021. This will tell us more about it here on the podcast and how if you join up, Uh, with Velocity, you can leverage Globe's unfair advantage. And with that, please welcome my show, Mr. Vince Yamat. Thank you, RJ, for having me. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks. Thanks so much, Vince. I know uh, this is going to sound like a replay of what we did the last time. But you know what? I, I was so intrigued, uh, really, by 917 Ventures. And many people are also wondering right, right now, what exactly is 917 Ventures? Is this a corporate arm of Globe? Is it related to... Uh, I know that Globe also has this, this thing called Kickstart Ventures, So what exactly uh, does Nine Ventures fit into the whole scheme of things when it comes to Globe? Right. So thank you, RJ, for having me here. So yes, so 917 Ventures is a Globe's corporate incubator. The primary purpose um, of the incubator is to unlock the unfair advantage of Globe. So we build businesses and scale the business for the region and for the Philippines as well. As mentioned earlier, when you in your introduction, 
we have several portfolio companies um, in 917 Ventures, that's Gcash, Adspar Consulta, MD, HealthNow, Rush, PB, MNL, and Zeal. And currently, we're looking for and we're developing new businesses as we go along. Um, now, what's the difference between Kickstart and 917 Ventures? Um, 917 Ventures is a venture builder. We build businesses. Um, we ideate internally. It's our own idea or the ideas of those who will join us. And then we build it from the ground up. Um, while Kickstart, on the other hand, invests in startups. So they deploy capital to the startups. Oh, okay. So they, they deploy capital. And in your part on 917 Ventures, if somebody's got a really great business idea that solves pain points, then they come over to you. That's right? Correct. Correct. So they join 917 Ventures. They're going to be part of the team. And then we're going to create a venture, a new venture together. Okay. But when people come over to you, especially during this, this startup world, no, they keep on thinking, do I have to know how to code? Do I have to have a specific background in the startup industry? Or do they just have to have a great idea and they can come over to 917 Ventures and say, hey, I got this great idea. You guys want to invest in the idea or in me? So the nice thing about 917 Ventures, you don't have to know how to code, right? You can be just a venture builder. Um, what we're really looking for is a venture builder. Someone who's really passionate about a problem or someone who really loves to solve that problem. So we're right after talent rather than the idea. We strongly believe, because RJ, that if you're obsessed with that problem and if you really love that problem, um, you're not going to give up in solving that problem. So it's like an end about falling in love with someone. If you really love someone and you're obsessed with someone, you don't give up. Right? You make parang it love, work. You're, you're lovesick with the problem. <laughs> no, no, exactly. And you make it work, right? You find ways to make it work. You adjust. Um, you adjust um, with, your, with your relationship. Same goes with putting up a business and solving a, a business problem. You pivot just to make it work. So you're looking for people with uh, discarte. I mean, in other words, right? That, that's sort of, that's in, in simple words, in Filipino terms, that's, that's discarte that you're looking for, or it's more than just that? Um, it's more than that. Uh, um, like, for example, um, like what I've said in, during the Philippine Startup Week, um, we're looking for that high potential talent. And once we spot that high potential talent, the 917 Venture um, infrastructure will make that talent a winner giving all the support in the infrastructure of the business. So, for example, if you're a typical venture builder or a founder, um, majority of your time is basically not into venture building. You're doing financing, payroll, uh, administrative stuff, looking for that, the right engineer to build. But in 917 Venture, on day one, we provide all of that ecosystem or all of that um, infrastructure and resources and then you can now, we can now start building our own product together. So it's sort of like the venture builder is the guy who's able to identify the pain points. And what mm -hmm. you've done in 917 Ventures is that you've identified the pain points of a startup entrepreneur, which is basically finance, software development, administration, and you solve those pain points for them, right? Correct, correct. Because a venture builder, in our opinion, the focus is really into should be building the product and talking to the customers. Um, all of this distraction of like fundraising, right? Um, a lot of the founders out there are basically just chasing money, right? Um, and trying to convince um, investor. In 917 Ventures, the, 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 the capital is ready for deployment for your product. I see. Now, um, as we were talking, uh, there were four what we call verticals. Now, for those who aren't too familiar uh, with the industry and use the term verticals, what exactly does it mean you're solving four verticals? Right. Um, so in 917 Ventures, um, for the current focus is basically on fintech, health tech, ad tech, e-commerce, and a lot more. Now. But basically, these are the four focus areas. We want to focus on these areas because we're already playing in these areas. And when you work on an ecosystem play, usually all of the ideas work closely together. So we want to leverage on that one. So for example, if you have a fintech idea, so we have GCAS. GCAS basically, I believe, is the largest fintech company in the country with more than 26 million users. So if you have a lending product idea or whatever fintech idea, um, we can work closely with um, GCAS. Same goes with health tech. For health tech, uh, we're doubling down. If you notice, we have two startups in the health tech 
ecosystem. So that's Consulta MD and Health now providing quality healthcare services to to the nation. And you were saying also there were others like um, in ad tech and and um, and and fintech. What are these others that you're also doing? And e-commerce. We're doing a lot of things for ad tech. Um, we strongly believe that um, there's a big opportunity in ad tech. If you notice, most of the digital ad spend now are in Facebook and Google, and mm-hmm. we see that there's a lot of inefficiencies. No matter how much data you have, the conversion rate is not, it's really low, right? Um, so we're trying to solve that one by um, creating businesses such as PB Manila, wherein you can target an opt-in base um, within Globe Telecom or within 917 Ventures. On the e-commerce part, we have a new um, e-commerce um, startup called PureGo. Um, PureGo, uh, we announced very recently, is a partnership with um, Pure Gold, a really wow. massive retail company. So... So that's, how, that's, that's basically one of our bigger plays now. Um, and looking forward to scale that business also with our partners. Okay. So what it looks like is that basically uh, you're, you're creating uh, companies out of globe from people's great business ideas that can link up to the globe ecosystem, to the, to the, to the larger globe ecosystem. And those four things which, which they can link into right now are basically ad tech, fintech, uh, e-commerce, and health tech, which, which globe already has. And You've been talking about this earlier on, and I see it in, in the materials which do come out about 917. You leverage Globe's unfair advantage. What exactly does it mean when you say an unfair uh, unfair advantage for Globe? Right. So the unfair advantage is um, very simple. Um, Globe has more than 80 million subscribers. Um, so so any company that we're building in 917 Ventures will have access to that 80 million subscribers. Um, the Globe business um, will support all of these startups that we're currently um, building. And we've wow. proven that one. Look at Gcash, how massive Gcash is um, right now. Um, more than 26 million subscribers. So, and basically it's the same playbook that we're going to work on. Um, if you look at also our, our model, um, the globe business is the core business. We provide um, mobile connectivity, um, internet connectivity, or DSL connectivity, broadband connectivity. What we want to do is basically add more businesses or extend right our relationship with the customers so just imagine me Lee, me here at home um, i'm a mobile postpaid customer of globe i'm mm-hmm. also a mobile broadband customer of globe but i'm also a gcash customer of globe right so the value that i that i transact within gcash is basically an additional value within our ecosystem but at the same time i also transact and do my grocery using Pirgo. We're in, let's say, my average basket size is, let's say, 5,000 pesos, right? And therefore, the total relationship of Globe, to me, grows, right, organically. And then I subscribe to HealthNow and Consulta MD. Let's say I spend, I don't know, 50 to 100 pesos a month on my health, on my health services. So the total relationship to me within the Globe ecosystem basically is bigger. And as we create more businesses, the total relationship grows, Right with me, with and and with Globe. When I look at it, it's sort of like I mean, for for lack of a better business model, you're actually borrowing what they're doing in China and looking at the other models in China, where it's, it's sort of a super app that you're that you're creating. Are, would you looking at the examples in the in the Chinese ecosystem to develop what Nine One Seven Ventures is? Is that what you're looking forward to creating? The the leadership of Nine One Seven Ventures and Globe. We've been to China very, uh, several times. Um, in fact. Um, a lot of the, the leadership of the company goes to China, went to China like, I don't know, maybe two or three times uh, for an immersion. And we've learned a lot, right? Um, when you build ecosystem, you basically um, create more value or add more value to a customer. And if you do that, your, base, your business basically grows. So that's what we're trying to do um, in 917 Ventures, um, basically providing what the customer wants. Um, we don't like building products that the customer will not use, right? Um, because at the end of the day, if they don't use your product, it means that you're not solving their pain point. So, okay. and having said that, now I'm looking across, you know, nine one seven ventures. It's it's uh, well to me being a customer and somebody looking at it as an entrepreneur, mentor, and speaker. Now, nine one seven ventures seems to be a relatively uh, new company, at least from publicly speaking. Has it been around for a long time inside Globe and then recently it was spun out of Globe? How does that, how did that work? No, it's uh, fairly new, RJ. Our, um, 917 Venture as a corporate incubator is also a startup. 
I think we're like more than a year old now, maybe 13, 14 months um, old. So it's a startup in itself, right? So I see, I see. Oh. So just imagine we built startups during the pandemic, right? And these are really good startups called Health Now, um, Pure Go. And we created these businesses from the comfort of our own homes, right? And through Zoom meetings and closing joint venture deals. So it's possible. So it's a startup we're learning as well as we go along. Have you ever felt like you needed to take your life to the next level? If yes, then go ahead and check out my podcast called Small Talk with Alec Cuenca. Allow me to share with you wisdom by ancient philosophers and modern thinkers partnered with practical science-driven advice. All of that and more only here on Podcast Network Asia. So the, the things like Gcash and Consulta, they were already fully formed when they came over to 917 Ventures. Is that right? I mean, to Correct. start off the company. Mm. Correct. Um, so 917 Ventures um, before is a non-operating holding company. Um, so Gcash is and, and Consulta, they're really under 917 Ventures or Globe Capital Venture Holdings. I see, um, I see. And then what we're doing is we're creating more portfolio companies under 917 Ventures. Okay. And then finally, um, this is interesting. You're actually creating a venture builder program. And uh, I understand it's called Velocity. Um, there's been a lot of people in, in the startup PH communities and the other FB communities. They're wondering, I mean, how do I, how do I take part? And people have been asking, how do I take part in, in this Velocity program? So we're looking for venture builders um, right now as we speak um, to join our first group of venture builders or first season, um, as we say, hit internally. Um, all they need to go uh, to do is um, go to velocity.917ventures.com, fill up the application form, submit a very straightforward idea. The idea will use right to assess the thinking process that you put in into your idea, and then we're gonna use that one when we interview you. So now it's not much different from when you apply in a business school, right, wherein you write an essay and. Uh, and the admission office reviews the essay and then gives you a call and asks you more about it. So uh, if they get into the program, what do they get out of the program? Right. So when they get into the program, we start building. We're going to agree on the problem that we're going to try to solve. And then we're going to agree on a solution on how to execute it. And then after that one, we basically deploy the resources needed. So you'll have your engineering team ready. Um, you'll have your marketing scrum team ready. Um, you'll have the researchers ready, financing, etc., cetera, um, ready to deploy the solution. It's a three-month program. We're going to build the product in a month or so. We strongly believe in 917 Ventures that if you don't build your product within 30 days, it's not a minimum viable product. Um, we're, what we're after here is to build a minimum viable product and try and test, right? If we're really um, solving the customer problem um, that we agreed on. Okay. So you're expecting that everything that, that gets out of this, that enters the Velocity program will eventually be commercialized or you're saying, you know, there's still going to be a, I guess, an attrition rate or, you know, people are just going to drop out yeah. because that, that's naturally how it works, I guess, in the startup world. Correct. So, so after the MVP, we will pilot your product right? In the real world, um, it's a real test product um, or pilot test. Um, what we're going to do is we will test if, again, customers are using it. Um, and then after the pilot, we will close out the pilot and then review, okay? Um, once we review, we will go to the 917 Ventures Investment Committee to present the result. And if there's a need to put in more capital, this is basically a seed capital already in 917 Ventures, um, wherein you can raise maybe um, 200 or 500,000 to $2 million in seed capital and start validating more the business or the, the product. And then right after that one, we will review it again and decide if this is a product or an idea that we can spin off as a company. And that's basically the ultimate goal, right? Spin it off and then scale it just like how we scale Gcash, Consulta, MD, and, and AdSpark. 
when you say scale it, of, of course, the, the venture builder, whoever comes in, he's thinking, okay, great. I mean, I want to come to, to Velocity, but this is my idea. I mean, I sh- oh, what is the, I guess, if I was to join, the biggest question I have in my head is that, how much equity would I have in that business since it's my idea, but Globe is the one providing the resources for me to be able to make the company come to fruition? Right. That's a really good question, RJ. And we, we've been asked that a lot. So you join 917 Venture, you're basically a venture builder. You provide all the capital, right? So you're the talent who's going to work with us to build that company or to build that idea. If the company spins off, right, and you decide to join that spin-off company, that's where you're going to get um, your equity. Um, you're going to work for that company. That company will have to form their own ESOP plans or whatever incentive plans that they decide. And that's where it starts. That's basically the birth of the company um, when you spin off. Um, but prior to that one, it's basically us validating the, the, the product. There's no equity yet um, in discussion during that early stage. Does he get a sort of allowance as he's working on the project yeah. the whole time? The venture bidder will be paid. Yeah, It's going to be compensated. So that's a nice thing about that, right? You're experimenting, you're building something, but you're getting something. Ah, I right? see, I see. Um, very, very interesting, very interesting. And, and having, sa- having said all that, Wano, what have you seen? Because I know that you were the head of innovation in, inside Globe and you were really looking outside. And we're looking for people that you're saying have, have not necessarily the great idea, but have the talent. So over your years of, you know, of identifying innovative products, and I guess people at the same time, what have you seen as maybe their common denominator? Because, I mean, they don't have to come from software. They don't have to come. They can come from sales. They can come from, I don't know, multimedia arts. What have you seen as being the common denominator of the type of people that you've been looking for? The common den- the denominators are they're really, really passionate um, about a, certain, uh, a, a problem, right? And they're obsessed with the problem. That's the super common denominator. Um, they always want to disrupt the status quo. Parang the question is, why can't we change this? Um, they're always curious about a problem. Also, they're very entrepreneurial. Well, entrepreneurial is, I don't know, it's debatable. But um, a lot of them are entrepreneurial. Um, a lot of them have grit and they're a team player as well. Um, so these are the common denom- denominators that I'm seeing um, for like a good venture builder or a, an innovator. So many of these things you can only tell uh, if they will be good when they actually go through the process. Exactly. So, and, and that's basically the point, right? Hey, join us. You have three months, right? Um, and then the way they behave during the program is basically are, are uh, good for us, right? So we'll be able to observe. We'll be able to see them if they can pivot, if they're resilient, if, you know, they don't give up easily. Um, Building a product is very difficult. Sometimes you have to believe in it, right? So that you defend it uh, with your colleagues. So for example, just imagine this. You're a venture builder. You're a young venture builder. And then the guys surrounding you are experienced entrepreneurs, right? Experienced um, venture builders in big corporate. The tendency for some is to basically just give up, right? Okay, I'll defer to your decision. We're looking for someone who's really passionate and who can defend, right, the solution and the problem that we're trying to solve. Now, now talking about all this one, you know, you're the head right now of, um, you're the managing director uh, of, of 917 Ventures, but you came from Globe. And before you were managing director, you were actually a managing partner and an entrepreneur in residence. So it's a nice kind of, you know, evolution for you there. But before that, in Globe, you did wear your hat as a as, uh, head of innovation, so it's 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 very interesting for me to see your how how you moved up to you know it's it's sort of like um, the the position that you held previously really built you up to become the head of the head of a company which is a venture builder company. Tell us a bit more about about your um, what I, I like to call the secret origin. How did Vince Yamat start out over here in in you know because this is a, a unique position and I don't I don't see anybody you know, you know uniquely fit. For, I mean. There's, there, you couldn't have, you know, it's not a cookie cutter position that you get into. You sort of have had to uh, develop your own set of skills to get where you are. What did you start off with? Were you a tech guy? 
Um, no, no, no. Actually, um, I'm actually not an entrepreneur at the start. Um, I'm just your typical employee who took the leap of faith <laughs> um, as my career progressed. Um, I started my career, RJ, as an equities trader and jump ship into IT during the dot-com era. Okay. Why, why, why did you jump ship? I mean, I mean, at the time, I mean, uh, I, I know that we're more or less, we don't, you know, we look very young, but uh, we're actually, we're batchmates. <laughs> you know, we were working in the early 90s. No? Um, that, that, during that time, I mean, equities trading was, was, was a big thing. And then to jump ship into, you know, internet, that unheard of, right? I mean, you, it's taking, taking a chance. Eh? Correct. No, no. So, so that's a really good question. Um, so I was trading, um, trading foreign stocks. And you see stocks called like AOL, CompuServe, <laughs> Yahoo. And you look at them like, what the hell are these companies? What do they have? You look at the balance sheet, there's nothing there. But the stock value is increasing, right? And I got interested. And then an analyst told me that, hey, Vince, this is the next San Francisco gold rush. Um, we're in, remember during the San Francisco gold rush, doctors became miners, right? <laughs> okay. I want to be a doctor. I just start mining, right? Um, that's basically what I did. Um, I don't want to be a trader. I'm going to go into IT. And the first company that, that I saw was an ISP, an internet service provider. So I joined an ISP um, in the very early stage of my career and started selling connectivity. So imagine this, right? So I'm sell- from stock trading, from selling companies, right, your stock, and now selling internet connectivity. And during that time, I remember that uh, 128K BPS, uh, 128K BPS um, connectivity is 60,000 pesos a month. 60,000 pesos a month? Yes, 60,000 wow. 60, pesos a month, right? So it's, it's really expensive. And a 64K BPS, like 30,000 pesos a month. Um, and that's for big corporate um, so, so that's my first um, um, exposure to IT. And, and then I have, a question. I have a question there. I mean, I'm looking at your experience there because I mean, not for, not 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 to you know say that it was um, you know uh, not a good move, but you know at that time you know if I was doing corporate work right, and I moved from selling equity to selling I to selling uh, connectivity, it would seem like to me you know it was a demotion. You became a you know you were a, you were Trading stocks now you're 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 a you're a salesman and some people you know but you know it must have been a humbling experience for you. What is that like? I mean, because you have to have that sort of like firm attitude that you know this is gonna take me somewhere. Because <laughs> if not, if you didn't have a vision at the time, that that's that would you know that would be a bit you know that would be difficult uh, to my to my mind. It it is it is um but I I have this tendency of of looking at the tailwinds when market changes. Right. Um, so when I saw the opportunity that, hey, oh, my God, this Internet thing is something. Um, so I jumped ship, right? Joined an Internet company. Um, in fact, right after that one, I saw an opportunity that, hey, mobile is happening. Mobile phones, right? So everyone's <laughs> trying to buy mobile phones in the early 2000s. And then I said, no, I want to be in that industry as well. So I joined Nokia. Um, in Nokia, I was the um, head of multimedia, their multimedia business and their gaming business. So, but while, while I was in Nokia, I realized that, hey, these devices are literally nothing without the content and applications inside it. And when I was thinking about that one, maybe that's the nice, that, that's better. Maybe I want to, maybe I should be in the content business or in the application side of the business. And I left Nokia and join an internet uh, a content provider business. And when I joined that content provider business, um, RJ, that's in the early 2000s, I saw the entrepreneurial spirit of my colleagues um, wherein they're building products um, that people are basically subscribing into and paying. Um, so these are simple products such as horoscope, ringtones, simple Java games, um, et cetera. So I joined that, I joined that company. Um, startup I think I'd like to believe that it's the first startup ecosystem in the country when it comes to tech. And then after that one, I said, I really like what's happening here. 
maybe I should put up my own company. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, so that's basically it, right? Um, I said, I want to put up my own company. Um, I was in my early 30s, I think. Um, and then I said, I'm still young. If I fail, I can still go back to corporate. So I started my own company. Hi there, my name is Laika Maravilla. Has anyone ever called you a try hard? Is trying hard a bad thing or a good thing? Let's talk about that in the Trying Hard with Laika Maravilla podcast, brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. What is the yeah. pain point that you were looking at when you began your own company? Because I like this journey so far, because I, I like how you kind of like, you you kind of made your own career path, right? And you said, okay, from from IT because it's good to devices to all of a sudden content development. What was the opportunity or the irritation that you saw that was not, uh, that was not present in the market that you could do when you created your own company? Okay, so that's a good question, RJ. So um, back then, the Philippines, the SMS capital of the world, right? We're basically the hotbed of all of these SMS or mobile technologies. So what I did was I look at the market wherein that ecosystem is not yet happening. And the market is the United States of America. I said, oh, my God, no one's SMSing in the States. No one's texting, right? And they said, maybe I should just port this product idea, what we're doing in the Philippines, in the United States. And basically started a company in the United States um, serving media companies. So the pain point then is, remember all of these radio stations before we're in, to request for a song, you need to call them. Right? <laughs> hey, you play this song, right? So I provided wow. a platform for that, for the radio stations, wherein you can just text um, the DJ and make that request. So basically built that company there and also started to license some branded content in, in the U.S. It was tough. Um, because the U.S. market is very different from the Philippines. Um, that's why what I'm saying is what works in a certain market doesn't necessarily will work in your market, right? Or in a different market. This is, this, this is quite incredible, Vince, for me. You left the Philippines to put up a company in the U.S. And, you know, based on uh, what you thought would be successful over there. Uh, in mm. terms of you know understanding our geography over here, so how did it do? How did the, was it moderately successful, or was it like okay, I learned my lesson, let's go back home? What, what did you? What happened there? Yeah, so I did that for I think five years, right? Um, it was hard. Um, the recession hit maybe two thousand and nine or two thousand mm-hmm. two thousand and eight, and no one's spending um, in the United States, and I we've decided, um, and my partner said, okay, let's just go back to the region to Southeast Asia. In fact, started um, talking to like Indonesian telcos, um, started working there, but it's really different. It was painful. Um, the entrepreneurial journey is really, really hard, right? You're basically doing everything on your own. Um, you're the janitor of your company. You're also the CEO of your company. And to all the entrepreneur friends, out there, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Exactly, I do exactly. Uh, yep, you have a really good business card with a title CEO, but you're also the one throwing the trash, right, in the in the office. So, so literally doing everything, Um So what happened was um, we wind on that 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 company, and then there was an opportunity from from Globe um, to join the the group. Um, to run Entertainment Gateway Group, which is basically a, sub, a wholly owned subsidiary of Globe Telecom. So Entertainment Gateway Group is basically the same. It's a content provider business. So I was the GM of Entertainment Gateway Group. Um, they invited me to run the company. Um, we pivoted it um, by adding new businesses. And Entertainment Gateway Group now is called Yondu, massive company um, under Globe Telecom um, still. And then from there, RJ, um, they asked me, hey, why not join Globe Telecom, run the innovation group? And then from there on, I started my career inside Globe Telecom. And then wow. now in 907 Venture. Now, this is interesting. I, w- I want to go back a bit more. So, so this is a great story, Vince. Because, I mean, the little nuggets of things I'm, I'm seeing of, of your career. It's, it's very storied that I'm looking at you right now. I'm glad you still have a full head of hair after that five-year journey in the States and coming back over mm-hmm. here because that, that's, that's quite a struggle. I, it it didn't do too. I mean, 
maybe this is me saying it was a difficult journey. That's why you had to close down. But what were the key lessons that you picked up uh, in, the, in, that, in that five year stay in the States? And what did you learn from there? Might have been painful, might have been great, but, but, but it was able to inform your future decisions. Mm-hmm. It's, I think the most difficult part really is um, you really need to try to understand the market that you're getting into. Um, so, for example, when we launched that product, that SMS platform, um, so we made it available to all the radio stations. Um, in fact, when we launched it, we have more than 100 radio stations, right, signed up. So this, all the signals are there, right, that, okay, parang there's traction. And then what we've realized is, why aren't they using it? Why? Why, why is there no messages coming in? And what we realize is, you need to train them, right, on how to use the platform. And training like a hundred stations is difficult, right? Because they're in different states. And that's where the problem problem is, right? Um, it you need to be ready and and plan ahead on how to do customer success or basically onboard them. And then um, when as in, as a startup, right? Um, you don't have enough capital. You don't have a lot of capital. And that's one, one of my major learnings um, because I'm, also, I'm doing con, um, SMS for radio station, but we're also doing games. We're also doing a lot of things, a dating product, um, et cetera. And that's what I said. As a startup, you can only do one thing, right? You can't think like a conglomerate because you're basically spending your money in different products. So... That's basically the biggest learning, RJ. And and when you were doing that, I'm just interested to find out. You put up a company in the states, but what were you were you bootstrapping at the time that you put up the company over there? Did you have investors? How did you do, how did you do that? Because for me, that I mean, that's totally amazing for me. You you mean you you packed your bags, you went there, you put up a company, you got a hundred stations on board. That, that that's quite a feat in itself. Yeah, no, no, I have a I have a business partner um, who helped me or we who we basically put up the company. So we're okay. We're so we're fine, right? Um, um, running the company. Engineers are back here in the Philippines, so that's nice. Um, so that's the, that's the, I think that's the nice thing, right, about um, the Filipino developers in here, but you're earning in US dollars. So, so you could keep the cost, probably you could keep the cost down because at least the back end was, the, you were outsourcing basically to the Philippines, the back office operations. Yes, yes, yes. So that's, that's basically what happened. Okay. Now, the next thing is you went into uh, sort of like you realize that content is king. Developing content and gaming was king. And there are many people here right now wanting to get into that game. But what, what, what did you see as being, you know, what makes for good content? If you take your, your bigger picture, uh, you know, you've seen the evolution of content here as well, from horoscope to what it is right now. And what have you been seeing in terms of that content play? What should people be looking at? Or how do they develop unique content that really stands out, that you've seen as, at least in the digital world? Right. Um... Yeah, so I agree content is king, right? But if you're a content provider, you're always going to look at your distribution, right? And there's a saying, if content is king, distribution is king Kong, <laughs> right? But, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so you need to plan your distribution. Um, and in 917 Ventures, I guess that's, our basically, that's basically our super unfair advantage. The distribution is that 80 million strong um, loyal customers of Globe Telecom. So if you imagine um, how we did it right before in, in Globe, we have very strong content partners uh, from Facebook, Spotify, Netflix, Disney, NBA. They're really good content. And the distribution is basically the telco distribution. Um, so if you're a content company you and you want to s- start somewhere, um, you really need to think of your distribution strategy. And most often, that's an operator um, that you need to work with or partner with. Wow. Uh, and so that's, really, that's, that's, that's the King Kong over there. In the King also as well, what did you see? Is, uh, did you see anything specific? Uh, you said that you had to pivot. Uh, when you entered Globe, you had to actually pivot how uh, the content, content strategy of Globe, I guess. No? What, did you see as the, what did you see as being what could have been improved with Globe and what pivot did you make? What did you see in the market that had to be changed and that, that made you want to change how Globe was doing, I guess, uh, entertainment, digital entertainment? Um, 
no so i'm so i'm not part of that um that 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 part of the the business when i joined globe i'm was running the entertainment gateway group which is basically I a content that. provider it's a wholly owned subsidiary of globe okay um, we, were, we were doing content then right basically selling ringtones and, and ah, so that's the content for you guys the, the content was basically sorry when i think of content but content is not only what you can watch it's content it's like ringtone or games. jokes games yeah 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 so we were doing that one that's like a long time ago that's like i don't know 2010 maybe um it was still a thriving business then um very very popular but Remember back in the day we're in, they said, hey, stop sending those spam or broadcast messages, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's, everyone's complaining. And then, of course, when they did that one, um, obviously, not a lot of customers are opting in because we're not promoting to them. So what we did in Entertainment Gateway Group is basically, hey, we need to look for other revenue streams. And that's where it started. Um, we're in we created this unit of like software development and outsourcing um, projects. Um, so that did really, really well. Um, that company grew like literally overnight because of the development unit. Um, and then the second, the third part there is we created the mobile advertising business inside Entertainment Gateway Group, which is now, by the way, is AdSpark. Right. So, ah, it, okay. Okay. So, so, so imagine that one. It was an incubator inside Entertainment Gateway Group. And then, um, the company basically decided, okay, let's spin it off as a, as a standalone company. And then, usually, when you spin off a company, um, I strongly believe that growth happens, right? Um, because you're independent, you're, you should, Act like a grown up, you know what I mean? You're not dependent to your parent, and therefore you do what it takes to survive. And got it, got it. These are the companies that basically do. Same goes with GCash. Now, when you finally moved to Globe and and you took that position of innovation, um, I find it, you know, it's it's kind of a difficult position to be in because innovation means it's something that's company wide, and you sort of tell everybody, okay, uh, you gotta be innovative, you gotta be innovative. What exactly? Uh, do you have to do to help a company become innovative? Because to my mind, to be innovative, at least as an entrepreneur, is that you have to be disruptive. If you're an innovator, in a, if you're if you're chief innovation in a company, and you're asking them to disrupt, you're telling people, you, I might lose my job, or you know, you're disrupting how I'm doing things right now. What exactly do you have to do to be uh, uh, how to be an innovator inside a, a corporate environment? Um, that's a really good question, um, RJ. Um, the globe, it's the conviction on innovation is really there. Um, in fact, when I joined them, they're just starting that innovation um, group. Um, and then they decided that, hey, um, we should now look into the future of Globe Telecom. Um, meaning, yes, this is our core business, but we need to create additional businesses. And then the mandate then for me was um, to create white space businesses when i say white space these are not even these are not telco product businesses um so it can be anything just like what we're building in 917 ventures so we executed that one with the right process and with the right mindset um the team that i built there basically under there's a specific innovation training right um because um innovation is all about solving a customer pain point or basically that unmet need. Um, and that's difficult, right, to spot um, because... Exactly, exactly. That's, that's it, my thoughts, exactly, yeah. It's, it's, it's really difficult to, uh, um, to, to spot. And, and after doing that, um, 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 undergoing that training, um, we followed the process wherein we ideated a lot and then... We approved some projects. We piloted it. If it's successful, um, we were hoping that the core business will take it on. And that's basically the learnings, learning there. Um, if you experimented on a startup, just like what we're doing in the innovation team inside Globe, it's difficult, right? Because even if it's a really good product and as a startup, it, the revenue that it will give you is small at the start. 
um, and therefore it looks like a distraction, right? Why am I gonna support that? Because it's small palang, diba? Um, and that's basically the the challenge. So we have really really good ideas, and I think what happened now in nine one seven venture is around the perfect scenario for us now. We're in nine one seven venture is and uh, separate from the Globe Telecom. It has its own capital. And then we build it outside Globe Telecom. And then whatever we built here, um, we operate on our own. Um, and then we just ask and collaborate with the core business support to support the startup that we built. And that's working so far for us. I have a particular question, Vince. Now, when you look at innovation, what exactly, I mean, when you say the word innovation, because I mean, you say it's a unique selling prop. It's you know people say it's a unique selling proposition. It's something that you build into the system. But when you, when you see all the products which you created, what exactly are you looking for for a product? When you can say that it's innovative, what exactly did it do? For me, uh, um, RJ, um, as long as it's solving a pain point, right? Um, a customer pain point differently. Um, for me, that innovative already um now what kind of products um or projects that uh, personality that i'm looking into i really like um solving big problems right with big markets um because in that case right um if you're solving a big pro- problem in a, in a in a big market um the value that you'll be able to create is big Hi, this is Jason Law, best-selling author, speaker, and now the host of the Unique Life Podcast, where I discuss the four different types of personalities so that you will know your strengths and weaknesses and that of others. Join me as we try to unbox life and the wonders of your own unique personality, only here in Podcast Network Asia. I'll catch you there. A good friend over here, I think you know him as well, Vince Tobias, is asking a question, which is about you know solving big problems because it all goes back to the idea of, of, of scalability of the product which you create, right? I mean, you might have a great, you're solving a problem, but how much, how big a problem are you solving, right? And he said, Vince says over here, um, and if uh, Val can see it, the characteristics, characteristics of a good founder and of a good scaler are different. Uh, how do you optimize the leadership of a startup through its life stages? And I'm sure you've seen that. There's differences between people who, are, who can found a business and a scale a business. How do you, uh, do you have the same set of leaders for that one, especially if you're putting up a, a, a startup business or should a startup person say, you know, let me step back, give it to somebody else to run the business day to day because I'm a good start, start upper, but I'm not a good sustainer or scaler. You know what? Vince Tobias, my katokayo. Um, um, I work with Vince Tobias and we sit on the same, ano. Ayala Corporation Innovation Advisory or Council. Um, yes, I think um, a lot of there there are guys that are really good at ideating, um, ideating and validating um, initiatives, um, and then there are a lot of guys also that are really good at scaling a, a company. Um, when I say scaling. Um, you validated the market, you validated the product. Now you want to grow the business. Growing a business is harder um, because you need to work on HR, hire a lot of engineers, put in the right processes and all the discipline and the rigor in running a business. In my opinion, um, there are executives that's good at that. And if you notice, even like a Google, right? Um, they hired professional um professionals to run the, to run the business side um they hired eric um schmidt same goes with mark zuckerberg right um started the company but hired a professional Cheryl sandberg to run the business side um so i guess it's really the acknowledgement that hey yes i started the company i'm the first venture builder but you need to acknowledge that if you're not good at it try bring in um, the right people um, to scale the business. What point should you bring that person to scale the business? I'm curious because, you know, I've been, that's basically 
my, my business, Mercato, my wife, he co-founded it. We don't know, you know, when's the right time to say, I'll build the skill set myself or it's time to give it to somebody else to uh, to start professionalizing the business. I'm, all entrepreneurs go to say, I'm, I'm sure as a, as a, you know, going through the same experience yourself, Vince, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Um, me, I guess the best signal is if you can no longer answer your questions, your own questions, right? Um, because a professional will probably answer it quickly. Um, so for example, how can I optimize my acquisition cost, right? From X amount to this amount. If you can no longer answer it, um, there are more experienced professionals out there that can help you out. Um, so it's either you do that path or you discover it on your own. So it's really up, really up to the entrepreneur, right? Or to the executive. Um, but me, I like, I espouse, right? The, to hire the right team hire teams that are better than you um, all the time and listen to them, um, make them accountable. My management style, I always tell the guys, right, that whoever's closest to the system makes that decision. That model will work for most startups or companies or even big companies because a startup is all about speed and validation and pivoting. It's that culture, right, of accountability and freedom as well that you'd like to build in your company. And then it's okay, finally, uh, you're coming in as, as an, when, when, they, when they put up 917 Ventures, I love it. The title that you had was Entrepreneur in Residence. Because I know that uh, uh, Joe Mag also, my, my business partner from, you know, he, he's the co-founder of Potato Corner uh, and he's invested in several businesses. Uh, Mercato has been one of them. Another business I run is called Easy Franchise. He's called an entrepreneur in residence. Um, and like for me, uh, what he does is that he, he sort of gives, you know, I sit down with him, gives me 15 minutes of great insight on entrepreneurship and wow, we're, we're, all, we're, we're on the go. What do you do also as well? What does it mean by when you're an entrepreneur in residence in 917, when you were the entrepreneur in residence in 917 Ventures? What did you do over there? Yeah. Um, as an EIR, you're basically like a founder, right? Of a startup. Um, as an EIR, when I was in, in, in 917 Venture, I'm basically driving um, new initiatives from PowerPoint to validation. Um, so you're acting like a, po- a founder, but under a corporate umbrella, right? So that's basically an EIR in, in 917 Ventures. Um, and then you work with venture builders. Venture builders are basically like your co-founders, right? Um, helping you out validating your 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 product. Moving on, like, I, I want to really talk about right now. Um, now in nine one seven ventures, you've got several companies there right now. Um, tell tell me a bit more about them and really why you've identified them as being really good uh, businesses that you think not only qualify for nine one seven ventures, but you saw that there there was a potential to scale them. And as an as an entrepreneur, you saw that these were really problems that that could be solved. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so as mentioned, um, Gcash, we're, we're very familiar with Gcash, right? Um, one of the largest, if not the largest fintech company in the country, um, solving all the financial challenges or pain points of, 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 our, of our colleagues or, of, or our kababayans. Um, so I'm not going to talk on, uh, about that one. Um, but for health tech, which is very, very important um, for us and as a group, um, Access to quality healthcare here in the Philippines is um, very difficult, right? Um, so if you're in a barrio, I guess the nearest doctor, you need to travel, right? Maybe 30 to an hour to get to the nearest doctor. So what we did with, uh, with our health tech um, product or health tech um, businesses is to provide quality healthcare um, to the underserved um, just by dialing a simple phone number or downloading the Consulta app or the HealthNow app. Um, and then you'll be able to talk to a doctor um, at the comfort of your home. Um, second is, another problem is on the medicine side. So if you download the HealthNow app, um, you will have access right, to, to a pharmacy um, through your mobile phone. Um, so right after the consultation, the doctor will give you a prescription and then you can use that prescription to order your medicine through health now. Um, and it will be delivered to you 
um, to your to your do to your doorstep. So during the, this pandemic, that's very very important. Wherein we don't like our kababayans um, going to like a hospital, right? And you might catch your um, the virus there. Um, so stay at home, use the app, um, get the prescription, order it using the app, and then the the product's gonna get delivered to you. Um, wow. Another product that we basically launch is Pure Gold, as mentioned. Um, that's in partnership with with um, Pure Gold. Yeah, so it's an online grocery. Uh, we launched that one um, recently. It's available now in Metro Manila. So the pain point is the same, right? Um, you don't want our Kababayans to go to the store. Um, so what they can do is basically shop online, and then we'll deliver the product to their to their doorstep. Um, and a lot of these pain points, uh, that big pain points, right, um, that we're trying to solve uh, for our customers. Um, and customers likes it and loves it because they are, they're using it. Yeah. And um, not moving on, really, I, I really love our talk here right now. Uh, we don't have much time left here, Vince, but I wanted to go to the idea right now that you've seen a lot. I mean, you put up two companies in the midst of this pandemic, which is the Pure Go and, and the Health Now. Um, I want to know, like, as you know, what do you, you know, they say that in every crisis, there's an opportunity. Winston Churchill once said that it's, you know, I don't want to make a good crisis go to waste, right? And uh, what are you seeing as sort of like the emerging opportunities as a result of this pandemic and moving on to the new normal? If I was an entrepreneur right now, whether or not I was, I want to become a venture builder uh, with 917 Ventures or not, what excites you? You know, like if somebody thought of ideas in a specific uh, realm or opportunity, what would excite you as, as the managing director of 917 Ventures? Mm, okay. So, so for 917 Venture, what excites me really is I strongly believe that the startups that we're building now are going to be the big companies in the next four to five years. Um, I have a strong conviction on, on that one. Um, so that excites me um, a lot. Um, the resources that we have and uh, the globe ecosystem is what gonna, it's what's going to bring these startups to to boost, to a scaled up startup. Um, now, what kind of ideas, right? Um, should we build, or what are these opportunities? Um, I always ask myself, what are these pain points that I personally experience, right? That annoys me a lot. Um, if you're an, an, an entrepreneur, that's my suggestion. Um, solve something that you experience on a daily basis, right? Um, or on a weekly basis. The more frequent that you experience that problem, the better for us to solve it, right? Because frequency basically... So imagine, right? Um, if you want to solve a problem that you experience frequently, frequent, uh, frequently um, you need to pay for it like X times also, right, to solve that problem. And that's basically the business model. So I guess there are a lot of problems out there, especially during this pandemic. And with that, Vince, let's invite people one more time, those who want to sign up to become uh, venture builders, those with with those people with really great ideas, those people who cannot sleep at night because there's a problem that they want to solve. Again, how do they sign up uh, for the Velocity Program of 917 Ventures? Right. Um, so, so, I'd like to invite the venture builders out there um, who wants to build um, startups um, inside a corporate environment. Um, go to velocity.917ventures.com. Um, fill up the application form, and we're going to give you a call back um, um, for, an inter for a quick interview. Um, and then for the ideas, um, again, there are a lot of ideas out there. Um, Globe is a staunch supporter of the United Nations Sustainability Development Goals. Um, if you look at those those goals, um, I think we're we're gonna be fine. So, no poverty, right? That's the number one goal of of, of, of SDG. Zero hunger, good health, quality education. Just look at those goals, and there are a lot of pain points, right? With with with, with um with those four um four goals. Um, and then I think we should talk. But with that, thanks so much. We were with the, the Vanity Director of 917 Ventures, Vince Yamat. We want to wish you all a Merry, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much from the RJ Ledesma Podcast. We'll see you again in the next podcast.
The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.